Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We start things out by going to your phone calls. We've got a Brian in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys. As you know, uh, I and my family are headed to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. That's Excellent, correct. sir. And we are uh, uh, fixing to go this summer. It's not like we can just get up and move. There's a lot of things to be planned. Right. Well, what, one of the things that I found out <clears throat> in my um, uh, research and planning for this is a, a silly little driver's license that, uh, uh, that you're supposed to have if you haul big rigs. But here, here's how this came about. The commercial um, driver's license, I, yes, sir. Go ahead. Commercial driver's license is called, yes. Um, I, I uh, you know, we have a lot of stuff to move. You know, a couple of houses worth and a bunch of horses and farm equipment. So, you know, I went to the uh, moving company and said, "How much?" You know, humor me. <laughs> it's two thousand thirty miles, and it was going to be somewhere between thirty-five and forty thousand dollars to move this ship over to New Hampshire. That Good is amazing. Lord. Your dedication is phenomenal. Well, you know, you you got to do what you can. I mean, uh, that's cheap for freedom, right? I, I would say I so. I would agree, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought, well, you know, I need a new truck anyway. So uh, I went out and bought a, bought a, a big old uh, Dodge truck, a uh, big diesel. And uh, uh, while I was looking for a trailer, I came across uh, a guy who said, oh, you know, if, if, you, if you haul more than uh, 8,000 pounds, uh, you've you got to have this commercial driver's license. So I started looking around, and sure enough, there's three classes, class A, class B, C, or class 1, 2, and 3. I don't know what it is. But it's part of the whole federal, what, the interstate uh, highway system that they put in, in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, the uh, the and poor yet, truckers. I mean, we've had them call before on this show, and this, just the regulation that they are subject to is just amazing. You've probably barely even scratched the surface, I imagine. Oh, yeah, it's obscene. At any time, a cop can just stop them with, for no reason and ask to see their logbook. Mm. You know, they, they can only sleep, they can only drive for so long and they have to have so many hours of sleep. You I know, think it's 10 hours. I mean, the regulations are, yeah, right. It, it, yeah, it, it, but, or, or, you know, uh, 30 hours within a certain number of day period. I mean, it's just, it, it's ridiculous. Hmm. But that, that's what they have to do. But, but you know, the, the, the government does that to keep us safe, right? <laughs> I guess. Because, you know, yeah, you don't want these truckers, you know, up on a meth buzz, you know, all night uh, crashing into people. So we need these, these driver's licenses uh, and all this regulation to keep us safe because if you're, if you're somebody driving a, a big, heavy load, you're more dangerous than somebody in a car. And so we have to have these regulations. That's what it's for. Well, that, that's, 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 the, uh, claim. That, that's what the claim is, yeah. Well, let me bust a hole in that. As I was looking through, I found out, yeah, sure enough, uh, Commercial driver's license are required for uh, one class is required for up to ten thousand pounds. Another one is from ten to twenty six thousand pounds, and then the other one is twenty six thousand and one up to the maximum, which is about eighty thousand pounds for uh, for the interstates. Mm-hmm. And you know to get this this you know twenty six thousand and one to eighty thousand pound uh, driver's license, you got to go to like a six week course and it costs <laughs> thousands of dollars. And then you know you gotta you gotta do all this driving test with the you know the bureaucrat from the the government to, wow. to get this thing, and you have to get relicensed and all this other stuff to keep us safe. Hmm. Well, so I I, I thought, uh oh, <laughs> you know, I already bought the car, already bought the trailer. I don't want to have to go through this to right. you know, not be harassed on the road. 
Well, it turns out that uh, there's, a, there's a company called Winnebago that makes really, really big uh, uh, vehicles that, you know, drive down the road, these big uh, you yeah. know, RVs that look like buses. Right. Motorhome, yes. Well, uh, if you look a little bit closer to the law, it exempts totally any wake vehicle as long as it's used for personal use. Huh. So uh, Winnebago managed to uh, lobby for, uh, you know, exemption in this because, well, that would stifle their, their uh, sales. Yeah, who's going to, you know, some, some guy buying a million-dollar RV, uh, you know, he's retired, wants to cruise around the, the country with his wife. Yeah. He, he's not going to buy that RV if he has to go through six weeks of, of uh, trucker school. That makes sense, yeah. So, so now here's what we have. We have these guys, these yahoos, who do, you know, go down and buy more money than driving skills, buy this thing, and now we've got these things barreling down the road <laughs> at 30,000, 40,000 pounds without any special driving license, without right. any so, restrictions on how long they can drive. Some old retiree some forgot poor, to take poor. his narc, uh, narcolepsy medicine, and oops. Yeah, really. And there's a lot of them. Every time you see one of these big buses out on the road, it's driven by a guy who hasn't done any training, which is fine. It's his property. He can probably sure. uh, do it just fine. But the poor schmuck who's hauling a you know 9,000-pound commercial load has to go through all this, right. uh, all this rigmarole in order to get his license. So, but you are moving your business over there, Brian. I mean, could they possibly string you up on commercial charges if they find any business equipment in the in the load if you get pulled over? That's a good question. It's uh, I hadn't thought about that. Well, thanks for bringing it up, Ian. Now I'm yeah. Not be thanks able to for ruining the freaking day, Ian. Well, I mean, what kind of business equipment do you have? I, as this I is my life, Brian. It was pretty. Um, your business is pretty portable, from what I understand. But oh perhaps. yeah, no, it, it, it's you know printers and computers and and uh, okay. filing cabinets. Anybody can have that in their home office. I mean, well, that's that's it, that's it. Also, you might want to consider making the move on a weekend uh, or a holiday weekend uh, because uh, when we came up, it was uh, let's see, I guess it was Labor Day weekend, and most of the way stations were closed. So that's going to be one of your main issues, I think, right there is just having to go through their system more often than not. You will during the week, during the daytime, but if it's uh, the weekend, you should be a little bit safer. Oh, yes, that's that's another thing. Uh, if, if you are hauling uh, anything over 8,000 pounds, my truck is 8,000 pounds, so just mm-hmm. by, by itself, you don't have to do that, but if you're hauling anything, then you have to stop at the way station if you are a commercial driver's li- driver license, you know, uh, uh, if you're required to have that driver's license. Of course, when you fly past the way station, which I will do, you know, along with the Winnebago's, mm-hmm. if I fly past there, they could say, oh, I'm going to stop him to see if he has any commercial stuff in that. We were never told, you know I mean? uh, Brian, by, by Penske, which uh, we had a great experience with as far as anybody looking to move somewhere. Uh, their Their fleet was cheap, and it was brand new. Uh, but they never told us that we didn't have to uh, stop for the way stations. And, you know, it says trucks have to stop at the way station. So there was one instance where we did go ahead and, and pull through the way station. The people were there, and they just sort of waved us through. And they didn't even check with us or talk to us or anything like that. And then uh, the other instance, we pulled through a way station. We weren't sure if it was open or not. Turned out it was closed, so we went on through that one, too. But, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, just barreling past is more likely to to probably get them to harass you. Yeah, I, I want the, it, it says clearly in the exemptions are the exemptions from the uh, from the way station, so I don't have to. Right. But you know, I'd rather not get hassled. Yeah, you know, because they'll find something, of course. Sure, sure. Yeah, just because you're exempt from having to have the CDL doesn't exempt you from being pulled over uh, for driving past the way station. So 
Yeah, that's the safe okay, thing. Yeah. No, I think how, he is. How would they know? I think he is exempt from um, going through the way station. They're going to pull him over anyway. How are they going to know that he doesn't have a CDL or that he doesn't need to have a CDL? They're going to pull him over and make find a photocopy out. of that law and show it to him. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm with Brian on this one. Pull through the way station. It's no big deal. Uh, they'll probably just wave you through. That's what I would do. Yeah, okay. that's a good point. I'll. Uh, uh, I'll, maybe I ought to put their, uh, 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 you know, non-commercial. Put a big thing on the back, right? At, you know, in, in uh, spray paint. Not a commercial vehicle. <laughs> oh my God! I don't know. Hey, it is I, your I, truck. You, you could if you wanted. Word. Yeah. All right, Brian. Anything else on your mind? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm not sure they'll stop me anyway. What I did instead of buying a trailer, I, I bought a flatbed trailer. Uh, which, you know, is a lot cheaper than a box trailer. Hmm. And then I bought a, uh, you, you mentioned Penske. I bought the, the back of a Penske truck, you know, that big yellow box the in box. the back, the 25-foot box. Yeah. Uh, uh, a, a guy had that, you know, his roll-up door and everything. It's everything except the, the, the truck itself. And I bolted that onto this, uh, onto the, uh, the, the flatbed trailer. Did wow. you paint it? Well, well it's very bright yellow. <laughs> So right when I when I get to uh, when I get home in New Hampshire, I'll uh, put that out in the back, and it'll be a a, a workshop or a, a shed. shed or something. And I think since it's mobile, that you won't get taxed on it. Hey, there you go, That's bonus. Hey, Brian, thanks, man, for the call tonight, and uh, continued good luck with your experience. I mean, this is a, a moving adventure like I've never heard. Thank you for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You could take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. And they include the archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, grab them up right there on the front page of the website, freetalklive.com. You want to move to New Hampshire but don't know where you'll live? Porkmanor.com is a new site that connects freedom-loving landlords and freedom-loving renters. Landlords can easily manage the display of their rentals, including uploading photos and showing video. Renters can find a place to live, um, find a place where they'll be living with libertarians and anarchists. It's simple, it's efficient, cheap, and effective. Porkmanor.com, that's P-O-R-C-M-A-N-O-R.com. 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls about what you want. It's Dave in Athens listening on WAIS. Hey, Dave. I found some things in the Mormon church that okay. might be of use. Go ahead. These, these are Joseph Smith's words and not mine. In the doctrines and covenants, wherefore it is lawful that he should have one wife, and they twain shall be one flesh, and all this, and the earth might answer the end of its creation. And the FLDS says disregard the doctrines and covenants because it speaks out against polygamy. Or it speaks out for polygamy. Now, didn't Joseph Smith have more than one wife? He supposedly did. But so, why did he write this down? It was a revelation to him by God. Oh, so, I was see. this later on in the whole church thing? Let me check the date. Okay. Well, it's not that. Wasn't really that important. But oh, it was May 1831. What's, what does that compare to when the the whole religion was started? That's at the very beginning. Oh, okay. So you're claiming that from the very beginning, Joseph Smith uh, was against polygamy? Yes. 
It's an interesting claim, Dave. Thank you for the call tonight. Okay, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Well, whatever. I mean, still their their belief system. They can change and modify it as they wish. I mean, lots of different lots of different religions out there follow the Jesus, for instance, and they believe all kinds of different things, don't they, Mark? Uh, lots of different religions, Christian religions, believe a lot of different things. Yes, yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't really busy myself with that too much. Let's continue with your calls, Danny in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Danny. Is that me? It's you. What's on if your, your mind? name's Danny? Okay. Well, I want to wish you all a happy uh, National Law Day. National Ew, Law Day. That sounds awful. It, it is. I mean, I just literally found out about it just now. I have the Lou Dobbs program, which don't ask me why, but I watch it for entertainment and save law day and i'm looking at this wikipedia about law day usa and i don't want to read the whole thing because that's not good radio but you guys have to take a look at it it, it reads like an onion article really <laughs> the fact that we even have this it, 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 it's hilarious it reads like an onion article Okay, there said, are all these whereases and it's actually legally codified this is in the book somewhere how we're supposed to have this one day to you appreciate the law we have. And well, okay. President Bush actually issued a proclamation today commemorating it, and he said something about um, did something about liberty and it was, it was without laws liberty. we wouldn't have liberty. Blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, something like that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I I don't have the exact quote here. But well, it says here on the Wikipedia that Law Day was created in the late 1950s by the American Bar Association. Yeah, your your favorite group. Uh, to draw attention to both the principles and practice of law and justice. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. And it says here it's not actually a government holiday, but you're saying that now the government has uh, recognized Law Day? Yeah, and the funny thing is, um, when Dobbs was talking about it, he said that you know a lot of people in Congress aren't aware of it. Of a lot of people in Congress aren't aware of a lot of laws. How could they be? How could anyone be aware of what the law says? It's it's a you think physical it's this one. It's law day. You'd, probably, you'd think they'd probably know about this one. Yeah. Well, it's a physical impossibility for anyone to possibly know what the law is. Impossible. So I'm glad you brought that up, though. I think it's a more important day because it's uh, it's apparently May Day, and as well, a result of that, one of the reasons, yeah, it's May Day. One of the reasons why you've got this law day is kind of take the heat off of May Day. At least really? That's what some people think. Oh, it says that here, too. It was chosen to deflect attention from the May Day holiday celebrated by labor movements around the world. And I didn't mean because of labor movements. I meant because of some of the protests that were going to be going on today. Uh, mm-hmm. The, For instance, the immigrants have selected May Day as the day for them uh, to go out and uh, and protest, I guess, the government's treatment of them. Uh, and last year, there was awful abuse at the hands of the, the Los Angeles Police Department. Remember, Mark, when we saw the video footage of the mm. LAPD taking, even t- uh, stealing cameras from video teams that were out there to cover the protests and just throwing them in the dirt and kicking them and attacking people and uh, that's LAPD is a mess yeah that's what happened last year so hopefully things were a little more peaceful this year thank you for the call tonight dude we appreciate it thank you 800-259-9231 one lady who probably didn't appreciate the law very much was the DC madam she is dead According to ABC News, Florida police are investigating the apparent suicide of the so-called D.C. madam who was found dead in the Florida mobile home of her mother on Thursday. 
The madam, Deborah Jean Palfrey, was recently convicted on federal charges stemming from the operation of a prostitution service in the D.C. area with a number of high-profile clients. She was scheduled to be sentenced on July 24th. Palfrey told ABC News that she would never return to prison after serving time in the 90s for other prostitution-related uh, related charges. She says, I sure as heck... Yes, she was right. I sure as heck am not going to be going to federal prison for one day, let alone, you know, four to eight years. Palfrey's 76-year-old mother found her daughter's own body in a shed on the side of the home. She's, I don't understand that. Um, I mean, I would run. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'd rather live uh, in Argentina uh, than than uh, you know commit suicide. That doesn't make any sense to me personally. Well, uh, interestingly, uh, PrisonPlanet.com uh, is reporting that in an interview they did with her almost a year ago, she did. Uh, she said that she was not going to commit suicide. Now, certainly, a lot can change in a year's time. Uh, but very interesting. And she did say uh, in the past, in the 90s, uh, she suggested that she may end up dead uh, at someone else's hands, that it mm. may be made to look like a false suicide when she was in trouble for prostitution back then. So who knows what really the story is. It says here that her mother uh, found the daughter, her daughter's body in a shed on the side of the home. According to the police, she'd hung herself with nylon rope from a beam in the shed ceiling. Blanche had looked in the shed after awakening from a nap to discover outside her house a tricycle she normally stored there. According to police, she called 911. Handwritten notes were found near Palfrey's body, which, according to the police statement, describes the victim's intention to take her life. Hmm. Local police responding to a call late Thursday morning discover the woman's body in the storage shed. And uh, foul play does not appear to have been involved, according to the police, but they did not immediately release the contents of the notes. So she was facing some uh, some time in prison and allegedly decided to just prevent herself from going there. But what a tragedy. What an unnecessary situation that didn't have to exist at all in the first place. If prostitution were simply legal, if it were just legal for men and women and whoever's looking to get off to go and pay somebody for their services... It's a voluntary transaction between two individuals and the idea that anyone should ever get into any trouble for doing a voluntary transaction, engaging in business. That's all that is. The idea someone should get in trouble for it is absolutely outrageous, and it's so sad that this had to happen. More coming up. Your thoughts. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are free, including the wiki. We've got over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. WIKI.freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks. Use code FTL to save 10 bucks on your order. That's LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls about anything. Let's go to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. 
Yeah, first of all, I want to point out something, that uh, the French word for help is the, the verb aider, A-I-D-E-R, okay. and the imperative is A-I-D-E-Z. So if you wanted to say, help me, help me, you would add M apostrophe, and that would be Mayday, Mayday. Okay. Okay, so it's got nothing to do with International Labor Day. The international distress signal is simply French for help me. Gotcha. Okay, now, how does this sound for an excuse for something? Okay, somebody is driving the wrong way on the interstate and crashes head-on and puts your family member in the hospital and offers the excuse, Oh, I was drunk. I was so drunk I didn't even know what I was doing. Oh, no. Okay, how does that, that sound for an awful. excuse? I don't awful think that's a good excuse. No. Because they chose to be drunk. See? They sure did. Now, when cops go breaking down doors and barging into the homes of uh, or uh, innocent drug dealers or go barging into uh, brothels and arresting uh, people for, like you say, the D.C. madam and her customers, mm -hmm. and then they offer the excuse, oh, just doing our jobs. Well, you know, it's, it was their choice to take that job. That's true. Voluntary employment is no better than voluntary intoxication as an excuse for unprovoked violence. I'm with you there. Now, uh, people have a right to their opinions, okay? And people have a right to be as stupid as they want and to be as ignorant of correct opinions and other people's rights as they want to, okay? Mm -hmm. But voluntarily holding the opinion that you are entitled to keep slaves or ban prostitution or... Uh, incarcerate drug dealers, okay, you're voluntarily choosing to be wrong. And voluntarily choosing to be wrong is also no excuse for unprovoked violence, just like voluntary intoxication and voluntary employment are no excuse for unprovoked violence against persons who are not violating anyone's rights. They have every, just as they have every right to be drunk, but that's no excuse for unprovoked violence. They have every right to hold wrong opinions. Absolutely. But, I agree. You'll get no now, disagreement here. Go ahead. Now, somewhere along the line is crossed between uh, simply spewing forth uh, propaganda and unprovoked violence. And it can be tricky to figure out where that is. When there's a, a referendum on the ballot and... Uh, like in Nevada, 73% voted against re-legalizing marijuana. Those 73% were uh, putting the cops up to committing unprovoked violence. Okay, Now, they, can, they have every right to spew forth all this bigotry they want about these innocent gardeners, but <laughs> uh, that's no excuse, see, for the unprovoked violence. Where is the line crossed when a judge signs a, a court order, is that simply manufacturing a harmless document, or is the cop putting, I mean, is the judge putting the cops up to committing the unprovoked violence? The ultimate, like uh, you know, the ultimate responsibility lies with the individual who initiates the actual aggression, I would think. I mean, the cops can pawn it off on whoever they want to pawn it off on, but if no one were, uh, if none of them were to accept those orders, then it would just be a piece of paper. So they make it uh, real by actually enacting what it says. And here's the answer to the other question. What if the cops refused uh, to carry out these unjust orders? And uh, We'd have a much better badges. world if, if they and, would and refuse. What, if they turn in their badges, then 
who's going to direct traffic? And the answer is the cops will. See, I got this funny feeling they're not all going to quit the same day. But if half of them quit because they refuse to uphold and enforce blatantly unjust laws, and the other half are about to quit for the same reason, that's a powerful motivation for the state legislature to repeal the unjust laws. Well, it's a, it's a shame we aren't anywhere near half of them, man. I think we might have a handful. That, you, you know what? Most what, of them aren't what, ready to quit. All you've got left, see, any decent human beings never signed up. And well, so the only applicants they get are nice. applicants who don't care that everybody hates them. See, if they care that everybody hates them, then they wouldn't have signed up that's to not take nice. a job where everybody hates I them. I don't know about that, Tom. Now I think you've gone too far. I, I think oh, I, I think that some people sign up uh, you know, to be a police officer. Uh, some people want to you know, do the right thing, and then they, they come to the realization that this drug war isn't working and uh, you know, these rules that we have just aren't, uh, you know, aren't working. And so they come up with a different uh, philosophy, different line of thinking. I, I don't know. At that point, it's difficult to, you know, get paid what you're get paid, getting paid elsewhere, and and it takes people a little while to to come to their senses entirely. So yeah, I think I think a lot of cops joined for reasons that they considered good, that they wanted to stop the bad guys and protect the innocent. Uh, certainly, there are cops that joined for power and power's sake and to lord it over others. Uh, but you know, there are certainly some good uh, good guys out there, and uh, I don't think it's fair to malign them all. I certainly, I think they understood when many of them joined that not everyone would love them for what they do. Uh, but at the same time, they felt that what they were doing was was a good thing. And whether that's because they truly believed it or because they'd been indoctrinated uh, from from birth with the same lies that all of us are told by the government system, I don't, I can't blame them for falling victim to indoctrination. Everybody's been. I think to yeah, some level indoctrinated. Been, I've tripped you guys up on the air uh, with, you know, like which amendment to the Constitution gives you these rights or how yeah. many of those uh, victims of asset forfeiture were innocent. And of course, it's easy to forget that they're all innocent victims because just because they're selling cocaine doesn't make them any less innocent. It's easy. We're all uh, victims of that indoctrination. And uh, it's. See, in order for them to think that it's okay to do their job, they have to overlook the obvious flaws in their lines of reasoning. Like the victims of these unjust laws elected the people who support these laws, when the victims of that law might have voted against those candidates. There's three categories. Either they voted for them, or shame on them, they're too lazy to get out there and vote, and overlook the third possibility that, you know, these people have done everything reasonable to get these unjust laws repealed, and supposedly it's okay to carry out the will of the majority uh, without stopping to figure whether the majority has a right to impose that law on everybody else. They overlook the obvious flaws because they have to in order to hold wrong opinions. They have to overlook the flaws in the line. Sure, it's called confirmation bias. And thank you for the call, Tom. We appreciate it. 1-800-259-9231. In fact, speaking of overturning bad laws, these these guys in the political system, they keep pounding away, and maybe someday they'll really make it somewhere. I mean, they've certainly had uh, some successes here in New Hampshire, the uh, the free staters that are working in the realm of politics, but the most, the wimpiest, most pathetic marijuana decriminalization bill that you could even ever imagine failed the Senate hearing committee earlier this week. I believe they were supposed to have a vote on that today. I have not heard anything about what exactly went down there. I'll see if I can perhaps dig up that information here in a few moments but i mean it went down four to zero in the committee and they pretty much 
everyone knows it's going to fail in the in the Senate. And the governor's even uh, committed to vetoing it if it makes it through. Mm. So, you know, the, just the most simple, basic decriminalization me- measure uh, about to go down in flames here in, in New Hampshire. And what are you going to do? Well, you have to wait till next year, and then you can submit it again, and you can go and Well, it's beg. supposed to be every two years. But, Is it uh, every two? Okay. They can, or it's supposed to They'll be. submit something else. Similar. I see. Well, then you can go and you can beg for them to pass it this time, and who knows? Maybe the Free Staters will have an amazing success here this year in the elections, and maybe we'll be able to tip the scales. I'm not totally pessimistic about the political process here in New Hampshire, but, man, it's still awful. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up... Oh, yep, I just got an email about it. We'll find out in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board with the program. It'll cost you 3 bucks a month to get access to the Amp-only uh, call-in lines, the chat room, forum. We've even got special archives for amplifiers as well. And that money, that 3 bucks a month, comes in, gets reinvested into the program, and helps us get on new radio stations across the country. And we've had a, a good handful of stations come in over the past couple of weeks. Been a nice run. And I, I've been announcing in advance recently what they what they are, and I guess that's okay, as long as I've got the signature on the As far the as line. I'm concerned, the uh, the contract on the signature is as good as an addition of a station. Yeah. So the amp, uh, the AMP dollars advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. Get us on more stations. They get us um, in more advertising locations on the Internet. I've uh, bought an ad over at LouRockwell.com. They are now selling advertising for the first time ever, and... We've had a couple mentions over at LouRockwell.com before in the past, but never anything really serious. So we'll see. Maybe that'll drive us some some new business over our way. We'll test that out, see how it works out. But also, in the world of radio affiliates, uh, we looks like we're going to be getting on WFLA in Tampa. That's one of the big boys. I'll oh, tell it's you. huge. I used to listen to FLA, and, and it's I, I think it's like a million people who listen to that thing. That's a, it's the number two station in the entire marketplace. The only station that does better than them is like the old station, the station for people who are dying, basically. Right, WDUV, uh, yeah. easy, easy favorites or whatever. Right, and so it's it's the number one news talker by and far. Yeah, and it's definitely number one um, in our demographic, which is male 25 to 54. It's, it's where I, you know, uh, fell in love with Talk radio. Yeah. He's listening to Same WFLA, here. so it's going to be exciting. We're going to start there probably the very end of this month, so those of you in Tampa, not much longer to wait to hear us live on Saturday nights. All right. Uh, and by the way, not only does the amp dollar, uh, do the amp dollars help us get on more stations, but calling stations helps as well. Uh, if you're in a, a local area and your local talk station does not carry the show... Give him a call and talk to the program director and talk to him and you know tell him you appreciate what he does have on if you're a listener and that you'd like to hear Free Talk Live. And if you're not a listener, tell him that too. Say, hey, I'd listen to your station if you put on Free Talk Live. That'd be really great. You can get details on that at localfact.freetalklive.com, localfaq.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls, you bring up anything. It's John calling from Knoxville, Tennessee. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, thank you. Uh, I wanted to bring up uh, something because... Um it's been in the news lately concerning uh, Mr. Snipes and his conviction. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, 
on uh, failure to file income taxes and paying income taxes and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, what I wanted to address is is something that I've discovered that I would like to put out to the listeners and let them digest this and see what they come up with. Sure, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Many people in the tax honesty movement across the country have asked repeatedly of the government, the IRS and others, uh, what is the law? Yeah, Where show us the, the law, law and all show that. Show us the law. Yeah. Well, I think I have part part of the solution as to why they don't show the law, because it doesn't exist. And here is evidence in, to present for people to look at. The uh, Internal Revenue Code of 1939, passed on February 10, 1939, uh, in the first session of the 76th Congress, it was uh, enacted by the Senate House and Representatives. What does it say? I mean, the details okay, are relevant uh, to me. It says, uh, the Internal Revenue Code intended to include all general and permanent laws of the United States and parts of such laws. How long is this going to take? I can't stand legalese. Can you translate it for me? Can okay. you just give me the executive I'm just, summary? I'm giving you the, pre- the preamble to the Internal Revenue Code. But the section I, that's important to yeah. know is Section 4. Okay. It says, repeal and savings provisions. A, the Internal Revenue Title, as hereinafter set forth, is intended to include all general laws of the United States and parts of such laws relating exclusively to Internal Revenue, in force on the 2nd of January 1939. How much longer is this going to go? Seriously, I can't stand legalese. I really, it's not personal against you, man. I just can't. It's like a different language okay. to me, and I, I can't read it. I can't. Okay, does the word it. repeal mean something to you? It means yeah. to remove. Get rid of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, here's what it says. In furtherance of that purpose, all such laws and parts of laws codified herein to the extent they relate exclusively to internal revenue are repealed. Effective okay. except as provided in Section 5 on the day so following the date of So you're saying they repealed the their own code? Is that what you're saying? The internal revenue laws, according to the 1939 Internal Revenue Code, were repealed. Huh. Well, you know, it's very interesting. I don't think the judge will really care because, you know, what you've got is a, a situation where the system backs itself up. It doesn't really matter whether or not it, what it says in their laws. What matters is what they do uh, in the courtroom. And, you know, from what we've seen, they just – they railroad people and they screw them into a jail cell. And there have been, as you say, all kinds of people in the t- so-called taxed honesty movement – that have tried various different approaches, and uh, most all of them have failed. You know, my question for you is, if it if you could be shown that there was a law, would you then Or if feel, they pass one tomorrow. Yeah. Let's just oh, say they if, changed everything. If they if they pass one tomorrow that was uh, that followed the constitutional requirements, yes. You would you would I go would, ahead and pay. You'd feel which obligated. Which constitutional I would be, I'd feel obligated under the Constitution to do so. Did you sign the Constitution? Did I sign it? No. How did you become obligated then? Well, the, our Constitution is uh, a document that's to protect the people of the, of, the, of America hmm. by limiting government. Has it worked? Has it worked in the past? Yes. It has? Well, it looks like we've got a $3 trillion government here, sir. How could you say it's possibly limited government in any way, shape, or form? I said in, in the past it has. Oh, okay. Like when? Like 1778? Uh, before before uh, the Civil War. I don't mean to be abusive to you. I'm just asking some tough questions here. The reason well, I, well, the reason I, I, I bring it up. I can give you answers. Uh, and before the, um, before the period of the uh, establishment of the Federal Reserve System. Yeah. And the, well, the reason I bring it up is because uh, it seems to me that the tax honesty movement trying to look for some loophole or trying to demand to be shown the law has never worked for them. And it seems to me that uh, their laws don't have any effect on me because they're uh, – 
I don't have any obligation to follow their laws. They're just people sitting around in a room in Washington, D.C., writing stuff down on paper. It doesn't really make sense to me how that binds me or obligates me as a, a free, sovereign individual to obey right. the things that they write down. So it seems to me that coming at it from that perspective uh, makes a whole lot more sense. Look, oh, you say I owe this tax? Well, why don't you prove to me how it is I became obligated to owe that tax? Right, and if exactly. you can prove that to me... Well, that's then... what the people are asking for the law. They're asking for... But that the... doesn't create an obligation. A law doesn't show obligation. The law establishes liability. What does that mean? And there has been none shown. I, I don't understand what, the, what that means. The law establishes liability. If the law states that that an in, that uh, emphatically with the proper definitions that an individual is obligated and how they're obligated to file returns and pay income taxes, then according to the constitutional requirements for that, then then a person is obligated. Huh, okay, but what if what if I'm a free sovereign individual and I don't care about what their law says? What do you mean a free sovereign individual well, when you see, don't care I under, about their see, law? Well, see, I was under the impression that this was supposed to be a free country where I could live my life uh, unmolested by uh, other people. And, and then when we fought a war from a, um, you know, war to be free from kings, that we each became sovereigns of our own property. Right. right. And right. if somebody wants to claim that I owe them money, like if you came to me and said, uh, John, and you, not you and Knoxville came to me and said, Ian, you owe me $10,000, I'd say, John... You know, uh, if I had gotten into an agreement with you and, and not honored my end of the agreement, I mean, I like apologize. Like a contract. Yes. I, yeah, I'd like for you to show me exactly, you know, how that was that obligation was created because I'm sorry, I'm not going to cut you a check unless you can show me that contract I signed or exactly. show exactly. me some evidence. And they I don't have evidence. That. And I'm sorry, they, their laws is not evidence of an obligation. Just because they sit in a room and write stuff down on paper, they'd be like you writing up an invoice in your office and then sending it to me without anything else to prove that we actually entered into any sort of an agreement. Well, that's exactly what the government has done to most of the people of America. They've done that very thing. They have, they have shown no contract uh, where... And all but of do you understand right that to... the law is not a contract? You, you, do you understand that getting them to show you the law is not akin to them showing you a contract? Right. I understand okay. that. Right. So that, that's where the tax honesty movement goes wrong, in my opinion, is they, they are asking to be shown something that does not obligate them, even if it did exist. Thank you for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I hope I was clear with that. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And it's, it's difficult to break the paradigm because a lot of the tax honesty people feel like they've, they've got this holy grail out there, which is, you know, they didn't write this or they didn't write that. Um, well, they want to be seen as law-abiding. But the fact is... They're, the, the, the politicians, the bureaucrats, everybody believes that you owe taxes. So it wouldn't be any difficulty at all for them to get a, okay, you want a law? There isn't one on the books that, that's clear to you? Um, we'll write one up for you. This uh, Here in 2008, uh, every citizen and uh, natural-born citizen and immigrant and uh, naturalized immigrant is uh, subject to the IRS rules. And it How about must we pay own you? Uh, must pay income tax on uh, you know on their work on their labor on you know any income yeah. any you know anything paychecks all of it they can write that they write these long laws all the time and it would be just as meaningless to me as all the rest of their crap it wouldn't make it right hour two's coming up you take control it's free talk live one of the bonuses you'll get as a free talk live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is 
Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include all kinds of stuff like the archives, the bulletin board system, and live streaming. Go get it all on us at freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls, and you can talk about anything. Zach in South Carolina on the amp line. Hello, Zach. Hi. I uh, want to talk about the Governor Sanford's hit list here in South Carolina. But first I had um, two legislative, two good legislative things happening here. First, a bill to outlaw texting by teen drivers in South Carolina was failed today. Oh, it failed? And huh. Yes. Wow. And another that I'm not that familiar with, I just found out about it today, but it looks like it's all but final, is that our state is going to lease out the spectrum, the radio spectrum used by the public broadcasting to private companies to be used for a statewide Wi-Fi system. That's uh, you don't mean like radio broadcasting. You mean up in the Wi-Fi range in like 2.4 gigahertz or whatever. Um, I'm not exact. I'm not totally familiar with it. It's. I just saw a short clipping of it in our. Um, newspaper today hmm. so they're going to use what what part of the bandwidth again Wh- whose bandwidth i don't know what part it's whatever the spectrum is that they've they're using right now for public broadcasting apparently part of that is going to be leased out to private companies hmm. i don't know how they're going to make that work but uh, okay uh, i don't know very strange. I don't know how that uh, the FCC ties in there. I didn't know that any state governments had the ability to uh, to mess with the spectrum. I thought that was pretty much a federal task. Uh, but nonetheless, what's this hit list you mentioned? Well, um, the other day you mentioned that if it was only um, one liberty-minded individual, as it seems to be here in South Carolina with our governor, it could be really hard to get stuff done. And uh, it has been for several issues where the legislature has gone against the governor, especially on spending, with overturning 200-something vetoes. They, so he vetoed rumored. 200 uh, bills, and they overturned that? Yes, it wow. was, I believe, like a line-item veto in the budget, actually. So he vetoed uh, a lot of pork in the budget that they overturned. Hmm. They like their pork. And there have been rumored to be a hit list by him for some of the big spending people, especially the Republicans here, because he's a Republican, to get um, more fiscally conservative members in the House. Well, I I wish him the best of luck with that. I mean, from what we've seen with the Ron Paul campaign around the country, uh, there was an instance recently in Nevada, Mark, you might have heard about this, where... They, uh, the Ron Paul activists came in and literally took over the convention. Uh, they had enough people to force through some sort of a rules change, 
and as a result of that, things took longer than expected, apparently, and they or maybe they dragged it out. I don't know what exactly the the inside story was, but it, but essentially, the state party then pulled out of its own convention. They claimed they just that they walked out. Well, they claimed they had to to end it because the room rental was uh, was done. But the hotel said it was okay. Did the hotel say that? Yeah, the hotel. They, oh, they really? were asked. The hotel said it was fine. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. So, best of luck to uh, to him on that one, and thank you for the call, Zach. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, the system is so entrenched. The good old boys are in there, and they do not want any challenges to their power. Uh, and when one of them comes up, like the the Ron Paul activists out in Nevada, uh, and also they were they've been rebuffed elsewhere, but Nevada's the most recent example of it. It's just amazing to watch it happen. Everyone thinks that the system's going to work, and right. that they all think you have to do is get It's a representative people. democracy, and, yeah, just and get these people, people are going to follow the rules, and they're not going to follow the rules. Really, and, they're not. You know, when I first heard about it, Mark, I thought, yeah, this might... When that, when I when we were first really into the the you know the whole Ron Paul campaign a few months ago mm-hmm. before the primaries and there was all the the publicity and the hubbub surrounding it and I you know we started seeing stories about these Ron Paul activists showing up at at party meetings and I was thinking well maybe if they actually get enough people to infiltrate the parties then maybe they'll be able to do something. I mean, the, the Libertarian Party's been infiltrated and watered down successfully, so certainly... How the, naive we were. Certainly the Ron Paul people could get into uh, the old GOP and, and start changing things from the inside, and no, uh, apparently that's not so much going to work for them. I mean, it's not working yet. They're, they're certainly going to fight their um, you know tooth and nail to keep oh, yeah. the... The power is just too great when it comes to the presidency. And these two organizations, the uh, Republicans and the Democrats, they've got that locked down. Well, they don't want they're the some... only two organizations in America that um, uh, from which the president can arise, and they're right. not going to let that go. No, no, they've been working for a long time to achieve their positions of power over others, and yeah. they're not going to let some kids wearing Ron Paul t-shirts come into their convention and, they're certainly and start changing things. They're not going to be um, um, you know, held to their fiscally, uh, responsi- you know, fiscally responsible uh, axioms that they, mm, you know, they spout mantra. all this stuff yeah. about uh, you know, they're the fiscally conservative party. Hell no, nobody's going to hold us to that. Right. We don't have to tell the truth. We're Republicans. So they had these, you know, the set of rules in place, and they claim to follow their own rules. But yet, when enough people come in who are willing to follow their rules and manage to to make a change, it gets scary. And it's okay. We're going to shut down the convention now. Oh, whoa! Too many Ron Paul supporters here. Let's just call it off. Yeah, they just walked that? out. Uh, they could, and the Ron Paul supporters didn't have quite enough for a quorum. Interesting. A One. few more people, and it would have made a difference. Hmm. Well, we'll see. I mean, maybe they'll have some success. It's possible. Still interesting to watch. I'm not going to waste my time participating in it, though. And a lot of people have been upset uh, over uh, earlier this week. I revoked my membership in the Libertarian Party. And, of course, the the party adherents are saying things like, you're a coward. (laughs) Really? What am I afraid of, exactly? Afraid of going to a boring meeting and bickering over policy and uh, over internal party politics for an hour or an hour and a half. I mean, one of the threads about there was a, a blog post about me leaving the Libertarian Party because I posted on Freekeen and someone took that and reposted it at, I think, Third Party Watch. And so I found it because I have a search going all the time for Free Talk Live mm-hmm. on Technorati, and that's how it popped up. And I went there and I read some of the comments and the comments just a few of them started out commenting on leaving the party and that sort of thing. And then the, the rest of the comments were just a debate about, what, you know, party politics. It was just like be, sitting in a Libertarian Party meeting, 
reading that crap going back and forth. You know, and yeah, I, I mean, I can totally understand where you're coming from. It's it, it's disgusting. Yeah, I uh, sorry, I, it's not. It has nothing to do with cowardice. I mean, I was out there on the front lines for the LP for for years in the early part of this decade, and sorry, I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. I feel like we're having some real success here in New Hampshire. Even the politicos here in New Hampshire are having success, but they're not doing it necessarily as the Libertarian Party. The most successful political organizations here are completely independent from the parties. Uh, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance has nothing to do with party affiliation, mm-hmm. nothing whatsoever. And they are, I think, by far the most successful political organization here in New Hampshire. I would agree. I, I don't even know what the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire does. I, I think they have a gun raffle from time to time, and I know they exist. I bought tickets. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, so yeah, some people have been upset. They're upset that I would not show solidarity in this time of need and that I quit a month before the convention. And I guess the, the, it's not like I was going to go to the convention. They'd have to pay me thousands of dollars to get <laughs> me to go to that convention uh, because they're boring, number one. And secondly, I only we only give freebies to the Free State Project. Well, but, they're not free. They're uh, value-added. Uh, okay, whatever. Uh but, yeah, not, I wasn't going to go to the convention, so maybe they're just upset that me quitting is going to encourage other people to quit. Maybe that's the idea, because a handful of our listeners uh, sent emails and called in and said they were going to resign as well. But what the Libertarian Party did was upsetting to real libertarians. Yeah. And what they've they been got, doing. They, I'm sorry, they got what they deserved on that well, one. Yeah, what they've been doing is upsetting. And, and these, these party adherents are, are posting comments and things like that saying, well, you shouldn't, have, what are you doing bailing out? You shouldn't do this. This is our chance at freedom and you're ruining it for us. You're hurting us. Somebody said I'm hurting their political efforts. Look, I'm not doing anything to you, man. I'm just living my life. That sounds like your press release was hurting your political efforts. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Do you bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, Free Talk Live. Dot com And, by the way, those features include archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, get them right there on the front page of the website for free at freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. SACL knows that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. We go to your phone calls. Mike in Illinois, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind, Mike? Well, who would have thought little old Ian would have the power to totally disrupt the Libertarian Party? Apparently, I've, I've hurt them by quitting the party, and uh, so has anybody, yeah. anybody else that's quit the party. And too bad for them, because they, they caused it. Well, I, I think uh, anybody who claims to be hurt by one person didn't have that much power in the first place. Yeah. I mean, just one. I mean, I I never really joined the Libertarian Party, but I I thought about it until mm-hmm. I uh, well, I voted for uh, Bad and Eric in 2004, okay. and uh, and there was something going on. I don't remember all the details about him spending money on the road that. He shouldn't have, and they were like, this group was going to, you know, dissect itself from the main libertarian party. So you had these two little sects of little, it was just a bunch of 
infighting. Oh, you know, it's been on games a, and yeah, it's been on a uh, downslide for the last several years. So I can understand that if you were considering it within the last few years, I can certainly understand why it wouldn't have been worthwhile to join. It's just it's uh, been a mess for a long time now. I mean, yeah, I, I felt like well, if it's this way now, imagine if they really get into power, how much they're going to be fighting with each other. Yeah, and know? all the people in the party, you know, at, the, at least at the national level, and I can't say all of them are, but it seems like right. generally. It seems like generally they, uh, you know, they're just dogs looking for power. That's all. They're just right. you know, well, people they're, that are willing they're... to sound sort of different from the Republicans and Democrats so they can try to get some votes. And Well, they really are. I, I can't say for sure, but it seems, well, most of them are, you know, people who left the Republican and Democrat parties. Well, that much you is know, true. You know, at one point in their lives or another, you know. Well, yeah, but, but that's I mean, not okay. all of them. But you know, I'm but, sure a lot of them have. Yeah, well, that, but that's not necessarily a, a bad thing. I mean, certainly no, people no, no. people change and they hear something new that they that they like. It's just you still that, got that power thing going. Well, that's though, what happens. Know? You know, politics attracts people who are interested in seizing power, and the libertarians will tell you that they don't want the power; they just want to cut the size of government. And I'm sure for some of them that's really true. But yeah. you have to ask yourself. As the the level of power continues to increase, how many of those libertarians are actually telling the truth? How many of them are the Ron Paul principled kind of guys who, if they actually did get elected, would really kind of stick to principle? Uh, I don't know. I don't get the feeling. There might be a very few, but uh, yeah, I don't think yeah. there are. Nope. Yeah, I had a little quick story for you. Well, sure, I'll let go. you go. Uh, has to do with OSHA. Okay. Oh boy. Uh, I'm a self-employed uh, contractor for various wireless internet companies. Oh, okay. We provide service for places out in the boonies who can't get, you know, high speed through cable or DSL or Yeah. Yeah, that, I'm, like, I'm going to be doing that soon. <laughs> oh, are you? Yep. Oh, great, great. Uh while I was working on a tower out in a town about 20 miles from where I live, and uh I was on private property. You know, really cool old guy who ran a business doing uh he, they monitor people's hearts with a with a camera, hmm. and they send the feed to the doctor's computer, and the hard drive downloads it. Gotcha. Multiple patients, and they use our service for uh, to stream it. Okay, so what and, happened? Uh, well, I was working on his tower, and that's about a seventy foot long driveway, gravel driveway, and there's this white truck sitting across the street. And I'm up on the tower working with my safety belt, but it's not an OSHA-approved safety belt. Oh, no. It's one of the older – it's just a belt. It's a safety a belt lanyard. that works. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a belt with a lanyard on the front. It's not one of those big, clumsy, you know, slip your arms in, slip your legs in, and mm. the whole – I don't like those things. They're too restrictive. Gotcha. So I'm just, you know, up with my belt. I'm tied on. I can't go anywhere. And he's sitting across the street with a set of binoculars. <laughs> And this guy what who a owns loser. the yeah well the guy who owns the uh, company he was looking at he he brought it to my attention he goes what's that guy doing over there he's up there he's looking at you it looks like hmm. and I had no idea who it was until he drove up on this guy's property private property and asked me who I work for oh boy and I was like well who are you he goes well I'm with OSHA occupational safety hazard blah 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 my name is this and this is my you know, employee number, and I go, well, I don't t- have to tell you who I am. I don't talk to strangers. Yeah, I'll, basically, that's what I said in not-so-nice words. Yeah. And uh, he goes, well, uh, you have to tell, under federal blah-blah-blah regulations, I go, well, this is private property, and unless this guy doesn't want me doing work for him, then you have nothing to say. 
He goes, well, yeah, if if your employer, but he didn't know I'm I'm uh, self employed self employed contractor, right? So I didn't even I didn't tell him that though. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, why don't you just tell me who you are? I go, why don't you tell me who you are? <laughs> <laughs> tell me who your your kid's name and your wife's name, right. you know? And I'm giving this guy the third degree, and he's giving it back to me, and then he he, he just he wouldn't give up. Mm. He goes, well, you can get a lot of trouble for this. I go, no, I can't. I'm not doing anything wrong. I I could do whatever I want, and I finally wow. finally came out and said, you know, I'm a self-employed contractor. He goes, why didn't you tell me that in the beginning? Because it's not your business. Because you're a jerk. <laughs> yeah, you're a, well, I can't say it here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, it, it just wow. kind of burned me, but it's kind of nice toy. So with once you said that you were a self-employed contractor, couldn't he go after you? No. Why not? Because you have to have a certain amount of employees to be listed, to to be regulated under OSHA's rules. Gotcha. I did not know that. Yep. But then uh, again, who could possibly know all of OSHA's rules? Right. right. I, I, I don't wanna, it, it's funny you said that, because as soon as I got home, I went to OSHA's website just to check it out, because I'm not too familiar with them, you know, and and I you would not believe they have a index of PDF files that you can download. Mm-hmm. All the different, and they're, uh, you click on A, just A, in the A's, alphabetically, there's like 1,000-something different forms. Just in the A's. Wow. <laughs> so, you Amazing. know, you're dealing with thousands of forms. So, yeah, Mark, like you said, how, how is anybody supposed to know the rules, even if you even if you were interested in following, which I'm not? They can't, they can't possibly know. That's the answer. No. I have to say uh, congratulations to you for being so steadfast and determined when you were talking to that guy instead of just bending over and showing him ID and doing the things he wanted you to do. For right. Him. Well, I wanted to let I, – I, that was <laughs> – that, that, it was important for me to do that and then say – I'm self-employed, just so he would ask me, well, why didn't you just say so, you know? Yeah, yeah I like that. Because I don't have to. Yeah, I think it's a you fine approach. Of... Yeah, I, I think it's a fine approach. I mean, that way, you know, he gets to show what a jerk he is, and then you can mm-hmm. uh, trump card him at the very end. Oh, and I said, well, why don't you have your seatbelt on when you drove up here? <laughs> if you're all about safety. Well, this yeah. is private property. Oh! So I was, I was ah. like, well, if it's, oh, so it's not about It's not about safety. safety. It's just a, yeah, it's, it's just about, about the rules. Yeah, it's about yep. the rules. It's about being obedient. And great call tonight. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. All right. Take care. Good luck on those towers and be careful up there. 800-259-9231. That is a dangerous job. The cops like to claim they've got a dangerous job. No, no. Mm-hmm. Climbing towers is a dangerous job. Sure is. You bring up whatever you want. If you don't fall, hopefully you won't get hit by lightning while you're up there. This is your show. And uh, coming up, Mike's Hard Lemonade got a kid in some trouble. We'll find out what that's all about in moments. Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet really the answer to losing those extra pounds? Are working out and eating right no longer working to help you lose weight? If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and kept it off. 
See the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. You can get off that fad diet roller coaster forever. Check out notfatanymore.com. 1-800-259-9231. Just a moment ago I said we were going to talk about a story you had, Mark, in regards to hard lemonade. I presume it's Mike's, but I guess they probably have other hard lemonades out there. And it's one of these adult beverage products. I guess it's a, is it malt. I, I guess it's malt it, yeah, beverage, right? It is. Uh, it's, it's a malt beverage. Uh, it's got uh, some alcohol in it. It's like a beer, in case you've never had it, but it tastes like lemonade. Right. And I've had one. They're actually pretty good. Apparently, the young man that uh, drank the beer, he probably got in a little bit of trouble, but actually, I, apparently, the guy that really got in trouble with his dad. Right, Mark? What, yes. What's the story? Um, from uh, Freep.com. If you watch much television, you probably heard of a product called Mike's Hard Lemonade. And if you ask Christopher Rate and his uh, wife how they lost custody of their seven-year-old son, Whoa. the short version is that nobody in the Rate family watches much television. The oh, way, my. The way the police and child protection... Well, that should be illegal. You should have to watch a mandatory minimum of two hours per night. Yep. The way the uh, the police and child protection work, um, workers figure it, Rate should have known what the uh, Comerica Park vendor handed over when Rate ordered a lemonade for his boys three Saturdays ago contained alcohol. Rate's ignorance justified placing young Leo in a foster care until his dad got up to speed on the commercial beverage industry. Wow. Even if in hindsight that decision seems a bit idiotic, Rate is, uh, ten- is a tenured professor of classical archaeology in the University of Michigan. Hmm. Which means that <laughs> on a given day he's more Probably likely not a to dumb be dumb. yeah excavating ancient burial sites in Turkey than watching Dancing with the Stars or even the History Channel for that matter. Probably would score higher on an IQ test than the cops that arrested him. I yeah, well, but doesn't matter to them. See, yeah. Anyway, the 47-year-old academic says that he wasn't even aware that alcoholic lemonade existed when he <laughs> and Leo stopped at a concession stand on the way to their seats in Section 114. I'd never drunk it, never purchased it, never heard of it. Said Rate of Ann Arbor told uh, sheepishly last week, and he certainly um, not what I expected when I ordered lemonade for my seven-year-old. But it wasn't until the top of the ninth inning that a Comerica Park security guard noticed the bottle in young Leo's hands. You know what this, a douchebag! That's an alcoholic beverage. The guard asked the professor. You've got to be kidding, Rate replied. He asked for the bottle, but the security guard snatched it before Rate could examine the label. An hour later, Rate was being interviewed by a Detroit police officer at Children's Hospital where a physician at the Comerica Park Clinic had dispatched Leo by ambulance after a cursory exam. These things have like 4% alcohol in them. The kid could get more alcohol from cough syrup. He was seven, seven year old? Was that right? Yeah. What's the big deal? It's not that big of a deal. An exam. It's crazy. Leo betrayed no symptoms of inebriation. What a surprise. But the physician and police officer from the Comerica substation... He'd been sipping it all, the whole game. ...suggested the ER visit after the boy admitted he was feeling a little nauseated. It's alcohol. Well, I'd be nauseated, too, if someone was uh, harassing me and threatening to separate me from my father. I think that might nauseate me. And and asking all kind of questions, like, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. You know, I mean, making them concentrate. I don't know. (laughs) The Comerica cop estimated that Leo drunk about 12 ounces of the hard lemonade, which is 5% alcohol. But an ER resident who drew um, Leo's blood less than 90 minutes after he and his father were escorted from their seats detected no trace of alcohol. Mm. 
completely wow. normal appearing. The resident wrote in the report as he um, he is cleared to go home. He's got high tolerance. But it would be two days before the state of Michigan allowed Rate's wife, UM architecture professor, Claire Zimmerman, Jeez. to take their son home, and nearly a week before Rate was permitted to move back into his own house. You can't even come back to your house while it's you're under investigation? Crazy. This is crazy. Yes, it is. And if you think nothing so ludicrous could happen to your family, maybe you you're should wrong. pay a little less attention to who's getting booted from Dancing with the Stars and a little more to mm. how the state agency responsible for protecting Mich- Michigan's children is going going about its work. Wow. Right. I mean, you know, I may not, I may have been aware that Mike's Hard Lemonade uh, had alcohol in it, but I wasn't aware that the uh, Michigan Child Protective Services was doing crap like this. Yeah. How can anybody be aware of everything? You can't even give your son a sip of beer? Is that the idea it, here? But the idea, yeah, that's the idea, but he wasn't even doing that. He didn't know he was. I mean, yeah. I can tell you I'm going to give my child alcohol. I was given alcohol when I was a child. Not Uh-oh. much. Just Should a little bit. Take him away. You're but admitting it on the air in I'm advance, do Mark. A, Let me call do CPS. Do a little bit just so that he understands how to properly imbibe alcohol. I, the last thing I would want for him on his 21st birthday to go out and then start learning about Mark, alcohol you're corrupting from his friends. Minors. You're corrupting minors. It's crazy. The sympathetic Contributing to delinquency. Was he charged with anything? The sympathetic cop who interviewed Rate and his son at the hospital said she was convinced what happened had been an accident, but that her supervisor was insisting that the matter be referred to Child Protective Services. I've got a job to do. Look, I'm so sorry. We're going to ruin your life here, steal your son from you. Sorry about this gas chamber, but you're yeah. Jewish. you got to go. Yeah, orders are orders, you know. Sorry. And Rate um, thought the two child protection uh, workers who came to take Leo away seemed more annoyed than the police um, with the police than with him. Well, this they, is so yeah, unnecessary, told, one told Rate before driving away with his son. But, but she the, did it anyway, There right? was really nothing any of them could do. They all said That's they were just nonsense. adhering to protocol and following orders. That's what the prison That's guards the problem. at Auschwitz said. Yep. That's the biggest problem. Yep. And uh, we were talking about the cops last night and how, you know, if they weren't uh, enforcing these bad laws, it wouldn't be such a bad thing. You know, uh, if one of them would have said, you know what, I'm not going to do this. Right. This is this wrong. Is crazy. And I refuse to do it. Right. And you people ought to be ashamed of yourselves. As a matter of fact, give me your mom's telephone number. I'm going to call her up right now and tell her what you're doing. If they would have just used a little shame on these yeah. disgusting bureaucrats who are just doing their job, if if one person would have stood up, this would have fallen apart. This but then is they awful. They might have lost their job, Mark. They might have been punished. W- w- would you give up your job if you had to hurt somebody this much? Take them, take their child away from them. I wouldn't have started that job in the first place. I would not do my job. I would not do my job if it required taking this guy's son away from him for for this. I think I have morals, and I would never uh, put myself in that position. And these people believe they tell themselves a story about how, well, as long as I'm on duty, I'm just just following orders. It's not a problem. I wouldn't have uh, liked that to happen to my son, but, you know, that's just what I got to do to bring home a paycheck. The mortgage, you know. Yeah, how can you really live that way? How, how I don't, I, I'm so divorced from that reality. I don't understand it. I don't. Uh, I, there's like a, a a huge gulf, a divide between where I am and where those people exist, and I really cannot understand that mentality. Can you? Can you give us some insight? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Have you ever lived with a, a cop or a bureaucrat like this that you knew for a fact was doing? these evil things and they'd come back you know they'd come home and what would they say around the dinner table what would they tell you about what their day was like would they would they feel remorse when they were talking to you about what they did earlier uh do they feel any responsibility whatsoever 
Or is it so totally disconnected for them, too? Is it when they go and they clock in, and then they clock out? I don't know if bureaucrats clock in or clock out. I'm sure some do and some don't. Salary or whatever. But when they get on the job and when they go off the job, do they change? Does their behavior change? Are they a lot nicer when they're at home and they're not actually on the job? What's it like? One would hope. 1-800-259-9231. Just following orders. It's the excuse of ty- it's the greatest excuse of tyranny. Oh, and it's for the children too. Then there's that one, right? So there's all these orders they have to follow in order to supposedly protect the children from their parents that might make decisions that are different from those who decided to write the laws initially in the first place. Look, you can it's your kid. If you want to teach your kid about pornography at age 5, your business. If you want to have your 6-year-old swig a beer with you, whatever. That's your thing. I don't care. You know, I may disagree with raising my kids that way, but it's none of my damn business, and I wouldn't want you telling me how to raise my kids either. I'm not going to take them to church. You might really think that's important for kids. And there we've got a disagreement. But in the world of freedom, I can be free to disagree with you, and if you don't like it, well, don't come hang around with me. Don't let my lifestyle bug you. 1-800-259-9231, but in this government world that we have, one group is always trying to impose its way on others via the threat of force, and this is what you get. More on the way. You take control. Got some insights on this? This is Free Talk Live. Dial up. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop at the store. Go to store.freetalklive.com. Load up your cart with all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise and uh, free bumper stickers as well. Store.freetalklive.com. So the story is, uh, I don't know where it was from, Mark, but you're the, you were telling us about it. Well, it's from Michigan. Michigan. And uh, apparently a father who is... Uh, a college professor by day, and someone who doesn't consume television. There are families in America that don't consume television out there. I think it's a pretty sensible thing to do. More time for spending quality time with your kids, playing board games, or even video games are, I think, better quality time than uh, than television is. I think um, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that box that shows pictures yeah. and make, makes noises. I don't either. I've got one. Um, it's the it's the it's the commercial television aspect that bothers me a bit. You know, just that the way people sit there mindlessly, they mindlessly the um, flipping the channel flipping. Just you know, it's it's like they turn the TV on and sit down. Now, if you appointment watch, you really love Scrubs mm-hmm. or everybody loves Raymond or Lost or you, you yeah. take your pick. It, Dancing with the Stars. I don't care what the what show it is that you watch for what purpose. If you appointment watch, I can get that. But sure, that makes sense. When and and it's, often what bothers me about my viewing habits, appointment watching is disciplined. Right. When I sit down, sometimes I'll just <laughs> sit down and yeah, turn the fall thing into on it. and um you know and look at it. And then yep. when I don't like what I'm looking at, I change it to something else to yep. look at. <laughs> and then look change it to something else to look at. And I'm not saying I haven't seen some great shows doing that, but. Mm-hmm. It, it's, overall, in the wash, it comes out as negative. It, right. It, 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 overall, I I don't like that. And you know the, the the whole there's this whole commercial aspect to television that I don't like, which is sort of um, uh, consumerish. Uh, you know, they're acquisitive. Are you an anti-consumerist now? No, I'm just. Uh, do, do you <laughs> the need, man who sells advertising right. for a living? Do you need all this crap? <laughs> all, all I'm saying is advertising is a way to get the right message to the right person at the yeah. right time. Right. Yeah. 
is all all I'm saying is make sure it's the right message for you. Mm-hmm. Buy what you need to buy. We have an advertiser, for instance, internobs.com. Probably not the most um, the 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 most uh, what, spontaneous buy out there. If you need faucets, they're a great place to go to. If you need knobs, poles, that kind of thing, they're great. Yeah, and if we repeat it enough times, you'll remember it. Absolutely. When you're looking for knobs. And and that's that's good. That right. that's the good kind of advertising. It's this sort of I must have a Lexus. Mm. You know, oh, I can't just drive any old car. I must have a Lexus. Mm. And this, you know, I've got a you know this sort of name brandy thing that bothers yeah. me. Hmm. Yeah, I'm with you there. I like my generic foods, uh, my uh, pri- private label stuff, store brands, good stuff, cheaper, oh. just as good, 99 times out of 100. Anyway, uh, so let's uh, let's continue here, Mark. There's a little bit more to the story. Basically, to recap for those just tuning in, seven-year-old son and a father out at a baseball game. Dad buys his son a lemonade. They sit down in the stands. They manage to get through the entire game. Up through the ninth inning, yep. before some busybody security guard. I'm so proud of you that you know how many innings are in a baseball some game. Some wannabe. Co- I've been to a baseball game where five or ten in my life. We had a stadium down in Sarasota. Anyway, uh, so some busybody wannabe cop security guard decides to nose into their business and demands to know what's in the child's hand. Turns out it's a hard lemonade. And dad says he didn't even know hard lemonade existed. Right. It says lemonade. What is hard lemonade? You know, I don't know. It could be marketing. It sounds like marketing to it me. It could be anything. It's hard. It's awesome. It's badass. Right. You know, that doesn't say alcoholic necessarily up front. Uh, so, so the guard snatches away the lemonade from the kid, calls the police into the scene. CPS gets called in. They take the kid to the hospital or the clinic or whatever and have him tested for alcohol. And he actually showed up clean. Because yep. he'd been sitting, sipping on it for the entire game, basically. And then they take the kid away from him. They stole his child from him. Right. This is a uh, 5% alcohol by volume sort of alcoholic beverage. Right. It's not going to get you slammed. Yeah. And of course, he's seven, so he's small. Yeah. It, if he drank the whole thing, he'd feel something. He'd probably ready, be ready for a nap. <laughs> a big deal. Uh so they they stole his child from him. They wouldn't turn him over to his own mother for two days. And then they wouldn't let dad come home for a week. For an entire week. But there's more to the story. Child Protective Services is the unit of the uh, Michigan Department of Health and uh, Department of Human Services responsible for interviewing someone uh, when someone suspects a child is being abused, neglected, or endangered. Its powers include the authority to remove children from their homes and transfer them to kidnap. foster parents to kidnap. who answer only to the state. Mm. By law, CPS officials are forbidden to discuss the particulars of any investigation. Of course. Why should they? But Mike Patterson, Child and Family Services Director for the Wayne County District that includes uh, Comerica Park, said that in general, his agency's discretion is limited once police uh, obtain a court order to remove a child from the parental home, usually authorized, as in Leo's case, by a juvenile court referee responding to a police officer's recommendation. What, uh, now, they, what was probably said here was this man was giving his child alcohol. In yeah. public or something like that, and not and, okay, and didn't take say him. and didn't say how much mm-hmm. or what the circumstances were or anything like sure. that. Sure. Once the court has um, authorized the child's removal, Patterson told me, we cannot return the child to the parental custody until the court has okayed it. But that doesn't explain why CPS refused. Listen to this. There's another another nail in the coffin of these people. Refused to release Leo to the custody of two aunts, one mm. a social w- worker <laughs> and one a licensed foster parent. Wow. Very qualified women. Check this out. Who drove all night from New England to take the custody of their nephew. This crap happened. These gals jumped in the car and said, we're going to make sure Leo doesn't go to a foster home. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, you never know. 
Chris Ratte's sisters, Catherine uh, Miller and uh, Felicity Ratte, left uh, Massachusetts at 10.30 the, um, at the night of the fateful lemonade purchase after mm. the police officer who'd reluctantly requested a removal order told Ratte the state would likely jump at the chance to place Leo with responsible relatives. But when the two women arrived at the CPS office early Sunday, a caseworker explained that they would not be allowed to see Leo until, the, um, until they had secured a hotel room. The sisters quickly complied. <laughs> By the time they returned to CPS around... 10.30, their nephew had been taken to an undisclosed foster home where he would oh, remain nice. until a uh, preliminary court hearing the following afternoon. Gee, thanks. That Monday, April 7th, when uh, Rate and his wife uh, returned for a meeting with uh, Lucretia Jones, the CPS caseworker assigned to the, their case, no one in the family had been able to talk to Leo for a day and a half. Oh, mm. poor guy. At a hearing later that day, Jones recommended that Leo remain in foster care and... Jones did. This is Laquita, uh, Latricia Jones, excuse me. Um, The bureaucrat. Right. Uh, Remain in foster care until she had completed her investigation. I'm sure she was busy at it, Oh, yeah. A process she estimated would take several days. (laughs) (laughs) It was only after the uh, assistant attorney general who represented CPS admitted that the state was not interested in pursuing the case aggressively. The juvenile referee, Leslie Graves... I hope you die, Leslie, agreed to release Leo to his mother. Leslie was the referee that said that it was okay to take him in the first first place. place. Um, to release wow. Leo to his mother. Now you see. Now if the state had you pressed, were saying you were saying previously, and to some extent I agree that it's the person initiating the force. It's the uh, the officer and the two um, CPS workers that came and took this mm-hmm. child that are that are ultimately responsible. Absolutely. But Leslie is the head of the snake. She's the enabler for those people. They've given up. They, when they chose to do their jobs, said to themselves, I will follow whatever Leslie tells me to do uh, without question. When the Nazis even if were I sweeping across Europe it. and hurting all these people, the, um, some German officers, including Rommel, attempted to assassinate not the, the men on the ground, which would have been stupid. Mm-hmm. They tried to kill Hitler. Okay, they they failed. Yeah. But if they would have tried to do that, wouldn't that have been a glorious and uh, moral act? I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Cutting off the head of the snake is the problem, not the tentacles. Snakes don't have tentacles. I'm doing my best here, people. Right. <laughs> you don't go after the tentacles, the little suckers on the end of the tentacles. Mm-hmm. You don't go after those. The sucker is ultimately responsible for grasping the dying fish. But it's the head of the squid. I'm, I'm going with squids now. Yeah, that works. Uh, what, it's it's the head. Cut the head off. It's the the head is the problem with these um, with these things. And it's Leslie Graves, to, to in my opinion, the ultimate uh, responsibility lies with. Well, is it Leslie Graves or is it the uh, legislators who originally passed the program in the first place? I mean, which, I, well, how many heads can you cut off? I, I understand where you're coming from, <laughs> and I have a problem with the legislators um, in this particular case. You know, they they were likely going trying to trying to set up a system that protects children. Leslie didn't investigate; just used the power of her office. I'm assuming it's a Leslie as a, as a she. There's certainly mm-hmm. been male Leslies in the past. Um, just used the power of her office, and she didn't bother even investigating. Hmm. I don't know how bad. I don't know what happened to this child in this foster home, but something terrible could have happened. It sure could have. Um, but look, even if it wasn't, even if the experience in the foster home was just wonderful and you know uh, everything was perfect there. That still doesn't excuse stealing a child from their parents. And I really, I wonder what it's like. And no one ever asks the seven-year-old, and probably he's had enough trouble, so why bother dredging up those memories? But I would love to hear from somebody who got, who went through something like this, whether they're young now or they're much older. Were you stolen from your parents by the government when you were younger? Were you 
stolen and taken to some scary government facility and then to some weird people you didn't really know very well uh, and put into their custody for a certain period of time? If so, what was that whole thing like for you? Because I can't imagine what that must be like to be seven years old and all of a sudden be stolen away from your parents by the people you were told were supposed to be able to help you. The cops, more on the way. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Last hour, we told you a disturbing story, yet another in a unending series of disturbing stories in regards to children being kidnapped Not by scary men in vans down by the river, but no, instead by bureaucrats calling themselves Child Protective Services. See, they want to protect your child from being raised in the way that you think is best. If you make a decision about raising your kids that's different from what the bureaucrats say is appropriate, they're going to come in and take your kids from you. And that's what they did Uh, to a man who had taken his son out to a baseball game. You know, dad and son going out to the baseball game, kind of a quintessential American thing to do. He's a dangerous, dangerous man. Yep, he uh, bought a a hard lemonade for his son, had no idea it was alcoholic, gave it to him anyway, and I don't care if he did know it was alcoholic. I think that parents should be teaching their children about alcohol. It's the fact is, it's an important part of life. Right? Uh, you, you know, people people drink alcohol. You know, you may like it, you may dislike it. I personally am just fine with alcohol. I, you know, drink beer. I'm not mm-hmm. much of a hard liquor guy. Didn't you and your mom go out last night for some drinks? My mom and I went out uh, last night. Uh, I had, uh, I think, three beers. How about that? Three, three of them in a row. Was she driving? Uh, well, you know, it, it was over a period of time. I see. But uh, either way. Uh, what I, is the appropriate beers per hour that one, one can... One per hour? Yeah. I got gotcha. you. To uh, supposedly stay under the, um, you know, that you can metabolize one beer per hour, and then Mm. supposedly two uh, beers will keep you under, is about what it is for a 180-pound guy to Mm. be at, um, you know, blood alcohol level. So if I was there for one hour, drank three beers in one hour, supposedly I'd still be under the limit. Got it. I was there for much more than that. Okay. But anyway, yeah, raising kids the way you want to raise them, you should be free to make mistakes with your kids. I mean, people make mistakes all the time with kids, and the the appropriate punishment is not to take their children from them and then take them to some scary government boarding house or a foster home with around a bunch of strangers they've never met before and and snatch them away from the parents, but yet that's what happens over and over again in this country. When you look at this instance, what's worse for the child? What's going to cause them longer psychological effects mm. the drinking okay everybody here uh, except for the security guard did not know that this lemonade was alcoholic and i totally believe that you could drink a Mar- mike's hard lemonade and not know that it was alcoholic it's pretty concealed it's hard to tell and uh, you know they're, they're tasty little beverages yeah. i happen to i happen to have known that it was alcoholic from the you know commercials i saw or something like that but i can totally see how this guy wouldn't right it looks like lemonade so what's worse uh, what's worse the the lemonade 
or going to the foster uh, home for two days or whatever this guy, this kid was uh, separated from right. his parents. Right. I mean, it seems like an easy choice to me. I mean, when you just say when you just say it like, well, he went to the foster home for two days. Well, he was forcibly separated from his father. I can only imagine what that scene was like where dad's trying to say whatever it is he can say to convince the bureaucrats to not steal his child from them. At the same time, they're saying, come with me, son. You're going to have to come with me. And he's holding on to dad's hand, and they pull him away from his father, and he's crying and yelling, and everything's going to be fine. Just come with us. We have to take you away from your dad. Why? Why are you taking me from my father? Well, he's a bad man. He gave you a Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> but that was a really tasty drink. Well, we think he's a bad man, and we're going to take you from it. I mean, how do you how do you even talk to a kid that you've just stolen from his father i i don't know what is that like what i i i I, I, i'm so i hope the security guard that that reported this is happy by the way (laughs) this this little they the you know the the wannabe tyrant yeah the petty petty dictator that he is I just, I wish someone out there uh, would, would be able to explain this to me. Maybe you've been in this situation. Maybe you used to work in one of these bureaucracies. You've seen this stuff happen. Maybe you were stolen from your parents by bureaucrats when you were younger. Give us some insight into these people's mindset. How can you just take a, what was the conversation like between the bureaucrat and, I mean, he, he left with the CPS bureaucrat, right? Presumably, yeah, because the cops well, are going to take him to jail. The two CPS came uh, with with a uh, police officer, right? And then they took the child, I believe, from the home. From the home. From the home. I thought it happened at the baseball stadium. It, the the incident happened at the baseball stadium, but I believe they came to the home and they probably got some information at the baseball stadium. He probably told them who he was. Sure, he was. He's a good law-abiding yep. citizen. You know what? That's probably what the problem was. He probably told. Uh, was it a cop that accosted him at the stadium? Or did they come later? Or the cop come later to the house? I'd have to look back here and uh, try to piece it all together. But well, uh, you certainly, uh, you know what? You don't. As far as I'm concerned, no one has still corrected me on this. No one has said there's some obligation to tell these bureaucrats who you are. I would say keep your damn mouth shut. People do. You know, they they ask and people tell them. Yeah, as soon as that security guard comes up and starts harassing you, oh, you don't want my business? Well, I'm not coming back. Let's go, son. Get out of there. Well, get out. <laughs> who would have ever imagined for a second you'd go to get your kids? That this was going to happen. Well, I don't know. I guess not very many people, because many not very many people are really aware of what CPS is all. An about. An hour later, I guess Rate was being interviewed by a Detroit police officer at Children's uh, Hospital, where the physician in the coma. They took park. him from the park to the hospital. Yeah. Okay. So they snatched him right then and there. Then. Yeah. That's what happened. Just so sad. Now, I mean, if you just sit there and you just watch this happen, you go, "Well, it's not happening to my kids, and uh, I wouldn't do that to my kids." So, therefore, I'll. But what be do you okay. do? What does the average person do about this circumstance? I mean, it's disgusting. But what what do you do? Stop paying the government, <laughs> and and other people have to stop too, because it's this is crazy. It is that. This is being done. If you're paying the government, and and I pay property taxes here in New Hampshire. If this happened in New Hampshire, be being done in my name. And I don't want that done in my name. That's awful. And but but it gets going to get worse, you know. I mean, when CPS started, they weren't doing these things. I'm sure. Yeah, it's and all, it always it progressively. Uh, every government program gets bigger and bigger. Right. And you over can time. believe that over time it will really listen to me, people. Over time, the the CPS will come and get your kids if you give them too many hamburgers. Smoke a cigarette in the car. If you absolutely you you can believe that if the child gets too many Snickers bars in a given week. 
They'll come and take them away. Well, in many places... You're poisoning this child. In many places, like... We have an obesity epidemic in this country. In New Jersey, for instance, there is a law that says you cannot smoke a cigarette with a child in the car. And so that's... uh, If it's against the law, then that could give CPS enough reason right there. Well, you violated the law. You're... You're you're not abiding by our laws, and so therefore we can take the kids from you. And so the more laws they pass, the more excuses CPS is going to have to step in on whoever they want, steal their kids from them. And speaking of New Jersey, get ready. According to CBS, uh, WCBSTV.com, the sputtering economy has caused an increase in prices of many staples, including gasoline, rice, ice cream, and even beer. Now some lawmakers in New Jersey are considering taking food taxes a step further and installing a proverbial sin tax on fast food. Yes, the idea of marking up your favorite fast food burger or pack of fries is actually being tossed around and is not settling well with many residents. According to Newark resident Miriam Robertson, she says, they're taxing everything. Now you're going to tax fast food? That's crazy, she said. But, well, you're probably going to pay it, aren't you, Miriam? I mean, you may think it's crazy and may be pretty outrageous to you, but you're going to keep going out to eat, right? Keep paying. You're going to pay the taxes because the business guys, they're going to keep paying the taxes. Businessman's not going to put his butt, uh, butt on the line to make a stand for freedom. Certainly not in New Jersey. Added Livingston resident Tina Abrahamian, she says, No one wants to be taxed. I mean, it's a necessity to eat, and people need to eat, and with everything skyrocketing, that's the last thing we want to tax. The thought of taxing a Big Mac or Wendy's burger came up at a New Jersey Hospital Association meeting, where Governor John Corzine was asked if it could be an option to help fund struggling hospitals. <laughs> See, it's always it's always some really great thing, you know. Oh, we're going to just use it to fund the hospitals. the hospitals. But do you think for a second that if they need this money for what for their little junkets or whatever it is that they want to do, that they won't come in and get the money? Mm. They they spend the money on whatever they want to spend the money on, and the sure. the new hospitals that take care of children with no arms and no legs is a lie, people. And the fact is. You know, I had a friend who was uh, going through some very tough financial times, and one of the ways she fed herself and her daughter were those $1 cheeseburgers at McDonald's. Hmm. Wow. 800-259- You're starving the children with this damn tax, you bureaucrats. 1-800-259-9231. More on the food tax, the fast food tax being proposed in New Jersey, and you can better believe that if it happens in New Jersey, it'll happen somewhere else, and then it'll happen somewhere else, and then maybe it'll happen where you live. So pay attention. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the Sable CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, and those features include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both free for you at freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th, and at Porkfest, you'll be able to expand your network of liberty-loving activists, businesses, and organizations, as well as learn how Free State Project movers, early movers, are already making a difference. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. Looking forward to Porkfest. going to be broadcasting Free Talk Live from the campgrounds. Actually, for uh, three nights this year. Last year, we did one night. 
It was so much fun. It's going to be awesome. We came back for three this time. So looking forward to seeing many of you out there, and it is going to be a good time. So Porkfest.com. Back to the story here from WCBSTV.com in New Jersey. There apparently was a hospital association meeting where the governor was asked if a a food tax, a fast food tax, a sin tax as they're calling it, would be helpful to fund struggling hospitals in the state. He reportedly called it a constructive suggestion. On of course he did. It says here they are claiming, the bureaucrats are claiming that the governor is open to reasonable solutions to help solve our financing problems, but there are no plans for any fast food tax. State senator uh, said that the tax on fast food is a tax on the poor, and plenty of residents agree. Uh, one of the residents in Newark said it costs $12.86 for fries and this little chicken wrap, and they want to tax that? You're serious? If they raise it, I'll stop buying it. Still, some say taxing fast food isn't such a bad idea. One resident said, I think this country's gone too much in the direction of fast and unhealthy food. See, and this person are taxed, wants to control what you eat. Let me finish the statement here. She says, and if people are taxed, they may terminate that and turn toward more healthy foods. It, it, she just wants to control what you eat. Yeah, well, just I mean, another little tyrant. Yeah, look, uh, Maureen, there are fast food places you can go that sell healthier fare. In fact, uh, because of consumer demand for healthier fare, even McDonald's started offering yep, salads. They got salads. So what are you talking about? I mean, if they wanted the healthy food, they could buy it. Are you telling me that Americans are just so weak and so pathetic that they roll up to a fast food ordering window and even though they know they should order the salad, they just can't help it. But they order hamburger after hamburger after hamburger every single time. And all we have to do is levy a little tax here. And uh, So are they going to levy it only on the burgers? Are they going to only tax some fast food and leave the salads alone? I doubt that. They'll probably tax everything, but... Either way, uh, you're saying that people can't control and, themselves, and right? The, the other so therefore, thing. we should regulate the food you can buy in the supermarket. Because if you take away fast food, uh, unhealthy fast food, you can still buy unhealthy things in the supermarket. And then you're getting into the world of, well, who gets to decide what's healthy for you and what's not? And we're getting into a world of madness. Well, and, and the other thing is we hear different things all the time about what's good for you. Eggs are good for you. Yeah. Eggs are bad now they're for bad, you. Now they're good Eggs are good for you again. Um, you know, milk is good for you. Milk is bad for sunlight's you. Good. Milk is sunlight's good for you bad. again. Right. Yeah, mon- sunlight's good. Sunlight's bad. You know, and, and for and anemic for anemic people, red meat is good. For everybody else, red meat is bad. Hmm. Meat is poison. You know, you just hear all these different things. Right. You hear this conflicting stuff. Who are the legislators to tell you what the best thing for you to eat is? Well, they would be your superiors, I guess. I right? guess they are your masters. And I don't know about you, but I'm not so interested in that deal. I'm certainly not. First of all, I didn't elect them. And secondly, even if I had, I did not uh, elect them to do those things to my life. Uh, But number one, I didn't elect them. Right. So few of the people that I've uh, voted for, in fact, uh, have been elected. I did not choose to allow those people to make decisions for me, for my life. Maybe they're a better decision. I don't know. Maybe they are. But it's none of your—it's none of their damn business. What I choose for myself and my family. Some families love to go eat out at fast food, and as a result, well, they put on a little bit of weight for it. So what? It's their body. Yeah, it's the price you pay. And if you want to go down this road, Maureen Felix of West Orange, New Jersey, West Orange for whatever reason doesn't sound quite the same as Newark. I don't know. I don't know anything about New Jersey. Maybe they're right next door to one another. 
Uh, but, I, you know, she almost sounds like uh, the upper crust from some gated neighborhood or something like that. Though the, the control freaks come from all shapes you and know, sizes. You know, when I think about the, uh, the the 99-cent double cheeseburger that they have at McDonald's, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I, I'll take your word for it. I don't go to McDonald's. There is a 99-cent double, double cheeseburger The only time McDonald's. I go is when I'm with you. Yeah. And the um, it, it has to be the... It, 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 I'm just take, making a guess here. It has to be the cheapest per calorie uh, food that you can get. Certainly prepared food out mm, there. Okay. Because it's high in calories. Um, and you know, when you're starving to death, you're homeless, <laughs> you're dying. Calories are what you need to sustain life. This is an easy way to get those calories. McDonald's is providing a service for people. Yeah, and it's a voluntary service. No one's forced to walk through their doors, and no one's forced to purchase their products, and they're certainly not forced to purchase their uh, more unhealthy products. But people like this control freak, they want to be able to decide for everybody else what they can put in their bodies. And it's just so disturbing that people, they'll sit there and they'll complain about it, but they don't know what to do. These poor folks in New Jersey are saying things like, no one wants to be taxed. That's crazy. You're going to tax fast food? That's crazy. Now they're taxing everything. And you know what? They are. They're taxing pretty much everything, and they're not going to stop either. You think they're going to just cut it off after this, put the food tax in place, and then say, all right, we funded the hospitals. Looks like the schools are funded over there. It looks, hey, everything's A-OK now. We're done. Finally, you know, we're in a recession here, folks. We're going to stop adding taxes. In fact, we're going to, you know what? We've added a fast food tax. We're going to take away a couple taxes just to really help you guys out. I mean, come on. Does anybody really think the government people are going to do that in their lifetime? They're absolutely not going to do that. No, of course not. As, and they're certainly not going to do it in New Jersey. If it's going to happen anywhere, it'll be here in New Hampshire. And even even that, I I question. I, I would question it also. So 1-800-259-9231 allows you to, uh, to chime in here and comment. Maybe you disagree with us. Maybe you think you know what's best for people in America, what they should be eating. And you want to tell us uh, what that should be or paint your picture for us. Give us your grand scheme of exactly how you'd like to control industry control the food products and services industry and you should be able to wield your power over them they're doing bad things aren't they they're tempting people with tasty delicious all beef patties they're and like tomatoes. the devil they're like the serpent from in the, in the on the quince tree that's right the, uh, this gar- is sin this is a this is a religious problem yep. too we're teaching gluttony in america i mean the where are the churches when you need them they should be behind this effort it's madness. It's absolute madness. All right, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Uh, we will go here to the, well, let's see, let's, let's talk about government conditions in military hospitals. Because if you think that maybe, maybe we should put the government in charge of food, that, that might solve the problem, Because they're right? doing so well that they're yeah. in their VA hospitals. Right, right. So, you know, if the government knows what we should eat, maybe they should just provide it. Because when they provide plumbing uh, to the soldiers in the barracks at Fort Bragg, apparently, well, there are a few problems with it. I don't know if you've heard about this story, Mark, but... They stumbled again across some just reprehensible conditions that these soldiers are, are living in, at, uh, apparently at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. We'll tell you a little bit about that here in moments. 800-259-9231. One father of a soldier said he was disgusted by the conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll explain here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. 
For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and those features include the updates. Get signed up. We keep in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Do you want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, InnerKnobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's InnerKnobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com, or see their banner at FreeTalkLive.com. InnerKnobs.com, 800-259-9231. Continuing the story here from the Associated Press, Seems like these stories come out from time to time about the just dismal conditions uh, that the soldiers of this country are treated to when they return here or when they're staying here or when they're done with their tour and they're being taken care of, supposedly, by the Veterans Administration. Whatever the circumstances are, if it involves the military and taking care of their own, which is what they that's what the big one of the big promises of the military sure. is. You, you come up, join here, and, you know, if you live through the whole thing, we'll take care of you for the rest of your life. Well, apparently they don't really guarantee quality. Army officials said Tuesday they're inspecting every barracks building worldwide to see whether plumbing and other problems revealed at Fort Bragg in North Carolina are widespread. That's the home of the 82nd Airborne. Which is interesting because uh, someone here in Keene just joined the 82nd Airborne, apparently. Mm. Anyway, Brigadier General Dennis Rogers, who's responsible for maintaining barracks throughout the Army, told reporters the Pentagon that most inspections were done last weekend, but he hadn't seen the final results. While not providing specifics about problems discovered during the weekend inspections, he indicated some deficiencies were corrected. In cases where extensive repairs are deemed necessary, soldiers in that housing would be moved elsewhere until the fixes are completed. He said it was too soon to know whether the Fort Bragg problem was an isolated incident. He acknowledged the revelations from a video shot by a father of an 82nd Airborne Division soldier showing poor conditions such as mold inside the barracks, peeling interior paint, and a bathroom drain Plugged with sewage. Mmm. The soldier's father said he was disgusted by the conditions that greeted his son and the rest of the unit that returned after a 15-month tour of duty in Afghanistan. Mm. You're the one who let the government take care of your child. Well, his his son made his own decision. Yeah, he could be as um, yeah he could be as as have been as old as uh, as young as seventeen when he did it. But you know, t- uh, in a lot of cases, this is a familial thing. True, you know, dad people, did it, grandpa did it. Uh, you know, people are raised to think that the the, the government uh, is a good thing, and mm-hmm. you know, the the military is a good thing. My mom told me, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, just go in the military. They'll take care of you. <laughs> Jeez. This is how they'll take care of you. Yeah, make, uh, they'll uh, put you in the way of a bullet, and if you manage to survive, then you get, you get treated tetani- like this. You get tetanus or some kind of uh, you know, hepatitis in the uh, shower. says here, according to the bureaucrat, we let our soldiers down, and that's not like us. We let our soldiers down. That's not how we want America's sons and daughters to live. There's no good excuse for what happened. Well, that may be true. There may be no good excuse for what happened because it's those conditions are just... I mean, they're worse than what you would see in any uh, homeless shelter. So there is no excuse, but there is an explanation. 
And allow me to give that explanation to you for a moment, in case you've never heard it before, in case you're shocked and appalled that how would how dare you read this story about the military? This is a great organization, and it's dedicated to their soldiers. And this is an is a once in a lifetime isolated incident. This will never happen again. Well, it happened. It just happened less than a year ago at yeah. the uh, at, the hospital. I can't remember which one that is. Uh, the hospital. The uh, wasn't it the Maryland area? Yeah, it was the it's it, you know the main military yeah. hospital. I can't remember what it's yeah. called offhand. Off they, the top they of my were head. in. Embarrassing and dismal, uh, sick conditions there, disgusting conditions there, too. And, of course, back then it was, oh, well, we're going to investigate this. Don't worry. We're going to check this out. And what did we say would happen at that time, Mark? Oh, yeah, well, they're going to make a big deal about looking into it. And maybe they will clean up part of the, the actual area, the, at least the, the part that the reporters can access. And then it'll get shoved under the rug and everyone will forget about it. And here it is happening again, different location. Same organization. This is your military for you, the one that you support these really, people really. with your tax this dollars. This is what they do. Yeah. Uh, so here's the explanation as to why. They may really care about their soldiers. They might. I'm sure there's some of them that really do. I'm sure that there are some employees in the government that do really care about the soldiers, but largely they don't. Otherwise, they wouldn't be selling, sending them off to get killed. Well, there's that. But we're just talking about the conditions they have to live in when they come home. You wouldn't think it'd be a big deal to keep the bathroom clean. I mean, you hire a maid, the government certainly got her janitorial staff, the government certainly has enough money to hire a janitorial staff. So you have to ask yourself, how, do, how does the ball They're get dropped? They're in the dropped? army. They, they, they are the janitorial staff. Well, how, how does the ball get dropped like this? Well, there's no real incentive for them to do anything right. There's no incentive for them to do anything efficiently. There's no incentive for them to do their jobs well. There's no incentive to get the job done in any decent amount of time at any decent cost. There is no incentive like that because there's no comp competing organization. It's not like this is a, a crew of mercenaries that's been hired by some private agency to go and do something around the world. It's the one and only U.S. military. There are no other military out there to compete with it and say, hey, join our organization and you can pee in a clean toilet when you're back home. You can take a shower without, you know, having to worry about inhaling mold while you're in the in that process or or possibly stepping in some raw sewage while you're trying to get yourself clean. There's, there's no one out there to, to offer these things to the, the men in the military. And it's a damn shame. So what you or the men and women. So what you end up having is the government, because it's immune from any sort of persecution or prosecution on these issues, the government can sit there and say, come on. We're going to take care of you for the rest of your life. We're going to send you to college. You're going to be fine. We're going to put you in the, oh, we're not going to send you on the front lines. No problem. Oh, what's that? You've got a criminal history. You're untrustworthy. Well, no problem. We're going to let you in, too. They'll just let anybody in, and they'll tell them whatever they can tell them to get in there. We've had plenty of people tell us over the years that they were promised one thing by the military, and they got something completely different. They were promised they wouldn't see action, but they did. They were promised they'd get money for college, but it turns out there was some extra stipulations uh, that it was weren't difficult as hell. And yeah, that weren't necessarily revealed up front about that whole deal. They were promised to be taken care of after they were done with their service, that the Veterans Administration was going to take care of their medical needs. But it turns out that the VA doctors don't really care about their patients because well they don't they don't have a financial incentive like a regular doctor does with a regular doctor you can go somewhere else 
you can get service from another doctor if you don't like doctor and number one. You could sue the doctor, whereas a sure. doctor um, in the employee of the U.S. military has sovereign immunity. Now, you can sue the military, but the doctor's Good safe. there. Uh, so, yeah, it turns out that uh, some of the doctors, some have alleged, some veterans have alleged they're trying to kill the veterans because they get paid whether or not they see anybody every day. They get paid a paycheck because they work for the military, not because they're helping people. Not because they're doing a good job, and I'm sure there are some of them that care. I'm and absolutely. Some of them that, that do a good job. But they're not job. incentivized properly. Right. right. So there's your explanation for why the bathrooms aren't clean at Fort Bragg. For why people are showering in disgusting, just crap can conditions. But that that's okay. The mili- It doesn't bother the military. All they have to do is put out a press release, put one of their spokes bureaucrats out there, and he'll say things like this. We let our soldiers down, and that's not like us. That's not how we want America's sons and daughters to live. There's no good excuse for what happened. We're going to immediately inspect every single barracks across the world to make sure this isn't happening there. Don't worry. We've got it under control. It's not like, uh, I mean, we're, we're, apparently we're not sure what the conditions of our barracks are like, so we have to inspect them all to make sure that they're all okay. And trust us, Americans, we're going to be on the ball next time. But isn't that what FEMA says every single time there's, uh, there's a disaster? Don't they say, oh, well, we made a big mistake. We shouldn't have locked all these people in the convention center together. What were we thinking? We should have let people actually deliver water to uh, the starving and thirsty masses. But no, we decided not to. You know, we made a mistake. Sure, some people died. You can't hold us us. responsible for that. Trust us next time, though. But, yeah, we're just going to reorganize our organization. We've got a new bureaucrat coming in. He's a new guy. He's trustworthy. He's going to help us out. He's going to reorganize things, and everything's going to be A-OK next time. Just keep paying your taxes, okay? 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on this site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Only moments remain here. Just enough time for your call if you make it now. But go to freetalklive.com and shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a cut, a percentage of your purchase. You've got to buy stuff to live. You've got to buy stuff to entertain yourself with, books, movies, furniture, baby stuff, sporting goods, you name it. 41 categories to shop in. Load up your shopping cart and feel good because you're getting a great deal, probably getting free Super Saver shipping. That's on a whole lot of items. And you're helping Free Talk Live out all at the same time. It's win-win for everybody. It's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Mark, let's go to the email box here. I believe you have something to share. Yep, I got one. It's uh, we, we, Sam was talking about his experiences in Texas traffic court uh, yes. the other night. And, uh, um, Kerry writes in... Um, Josh that called in from Texas last night uh, was uh, typical, but he wasn't exactly explained thoroughly how hypocritical this system really is. I got a speeding ticket in a school zone last summer. I was driving, get, get this, 23 miles per hour in a 20 mile per hour school zone. Hmm. Furthermore, the school zone continues past the school for a good half mile. You've seen this. Oh, yeah. Um, good half mile at approximately three car lengths from the in- school zone end. I began to accelerate a little, as did all the other cars surrounding me. Mm-hmm. Um, he was sitting. The cop was sitting in some uh, guy's driveway, so the other gu- drivers couldn't see him standing there with the laser. He picked me out because I was in the right lane. Damn so it. my ticket was around $130. <laughs> when I did get to the courthouse to see about paying it, 
She told me that if I paid an extra $30 or so, they wouldn't submit it to my insurance company. <laughs> wow, that's extortion, isn't it? What is the alleged point of traffic cops and tickets and traffic laws? Don't all the bureaucrats yammer on and on about the safety of the general public yeah. on the highways? I think this is garbage <laughs> talk um, anyway, because people drive the way they're going to drive, laws or no. But here sure. is Texas telling me that we'll just keep this quiet if you us <laughs> more money. I even wow. asked the girl there, so this is hush money, actually. Of course, Miss Ten Dollars an Hour looked at me as if I'd asked her to explain the theory of relativity, or as if I'd just had three eyes. Huh. I haven't listened. She, she to... didn't understand, huh? Yeah, she. What are you talking about? I'm just following the rules. I don't know what that means. <laughs> extortion? What are you talking? About? We're the government. We can't possibly be extorting. You. Well, I mean, if it wasn't obvious up front that it was extortion just in the first place, that you know, the idea that you get fined for doing things on the road they don't necessarily like. That's If that wasn't obviously enough extortion, this makes it really clear. Yeah. I haven't listened to the rest of the show yet, so maybe you guys are picking up on that little bit of mafia-style law enforcement. But that would be a good example to spotlight what thugs these people really are and how they couldn't care less about anyone's safety. It's all about the dimes. Yep. He nailed it. Yep, she she did. Sorry yeah. about that. I've got to make an assumption that's so. It's another, one of those uh, other names that sometimes yep. is male and female. Right. Sounds like insurance fraud to me. I mean... <laughs> You mean on the part of the state? Yeah. Yeah, but the, what's the co- insurance company going to do? Nothing. Sue the state? Ever. They can't touch the state. Nothing The state ever. owns them. The state allows them to do business within their jurisdiction, and so therefore they're immune. Yep. It's just a gang. 800-259-9231. Uh, do you have another email, Mark, or should we talk about more soldier stuff? I got well, more soldier stuff. Go ahead. I'm, you're ready. I'm not. Okay. Associated Press. Injunction City, Kansas. Like hundreds of young men joining the Army in recent years, Jeremy Hall professes, uh, professes a desire to serve his country while it fights terrorism. You know, he's bought into the whole deal. Sure. Uh, SPC Jeremy Hall, what's, I guess that's specialist. Specialist Jeremy Hall says the pressure to believe in God is so strong that I was ashamed to say I was an atheist. The short and soft-spoken specialist is at the center of a legal controversy. He's filed a lawsuit alleging that he's been harassed and his constitutional rights have been violated because he doesn't believe in God. The suit names Defense Secretary Robert Gates. He says, I'm not in it for cash. I want no one else to go through what I went through. Known as the atheist guy, Hall has been called immoral, a devil worshiper. You know what? That's got to be my favorite one. Do these Christians really not get it? Well, I mean, are they that ignorant? Uh, no, a devil worshiper. But uh, many of them, they can claim basically, uh, you know, that there, there's a statement, uh, you know, in the Bible that essentially says something to the effect of, "You're either with me or against me." Oh boy, that. And so, therefore, if you're not a Christian, a professing Christian, Satan. you are working for the devil. Gotcha. Therefore, you and I are working for the devil. <laughs> it's nonsense. It's Just, crazy, crazy uh, talk. It says here, it's kind of it's crap that divides people, not unites them. Says uh, he's been called uh, immoral, a devil worshiper, and just as severe to some soldiers, gay. None of which he says is true. Hall even drove fellow soldiers to church in Iraq and paused while they prayed before meals. He says, I see a name and rank and United States flag on their shoulder, and that's what I believe everyone else should see. He, who is 23, was raised in a Protestant family in North Carolina and dropped out of school. It wasn't until he joined the army that he began questioning religion, eventually deciding he couldn't follow any faith. But he feared how that would look to other soldiers. He says, I was ashamed to say that I was an atheist. It eventually came out in Iraq in 2007 when he was in a firefight. Hall was a gunner on a Humvee, which took several bullets in its protective shield. Afterward, his commander asked whether he believed in God, said Hall. 
He said, no, but I believe in plexiglass. <laughs> <laughs> the issue came to a head when, according to Hall, a superior officer threatened to bring charges against him for trying to hold a meeting of atheists in Iraq. Apparently, the uh, particular officer denied Hall's allegations. Hall said he had an, uh, enough. He had had enough, but feared that he wouldn't get support from his superiors. He turned to uh, Mike Weinstein and the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. It's the found, uh, Weinstein is the foundation's president and a graduate of the Air Force Academy. He has sued the Air Force for acts he said illegally imposed Christianity on students at the academy, though the case was dismissed. Uh, he calls Hall a hero said the average American doesn't have enough intestinal fortitude to tell someone to shut up if they're talking in a movie theater. You know how hard it is to take uh you, you know how hard it is to take on your chain of command? This isn't the shift manager at KFC. Hall was in Qatar when the lawsuit was filed September 18th. Yeah, certainly if you plan on advancing in bureaucracy, you cannot you cannot do anything to offend your superiors. You've got to suck up to them and you know, play the politics game, and if your superiors find out that you believe different from they do, well, you ain't going nowhere, son. That's why uh, Brad Jardis, one of the cops here in New Hampshire, the one on-duty police officer who's a member of law enforcement prohibition, he's been he's been punished. He's been punished by the police for his belief system. And you better believe the same thing happens in the military. That's why he's saying it's it, you can't go after the chain of command. Hall was in Qatar when the lawsuit was filed and other soldiers learned of it. He then said he feared for his own safety. Once, a group of soldiers followed him, harassing him, but no one did anything to make it stop. The Army told him it couldn't protect him and sent him back to Fort Riley. He resumed duties with a military police battalion, and he believes that his promotion to sergeant has been blocked because of his lawsuit. But he's a team leader responsible for two junior enlisted soldiers. No one with Fort Riley, the Army, or that Defense Department would comment about Hall or the lawsuit. Each issued statements saying the discrimination will not be tolerated, regardless of race, religion, or gender. But it seems like it is. It's being quietly tolerated because no one's doing anything about it. A spokes bureaucrat for the Department of Defense says the department respects the rights of others to their own religious beliefs, including the right to hold no beliefs. Well, just because you respect that doesn't mean the jackballs on the ground in Iraq, the uh, big galoots, doesn't mean they respect it. Doesn't mean that this guy's not going to get beaten up or maybe even harmed in some way, even worse than that, left somewhere. Who knows what they'll do to him? I mean, if they're if they're harassing him and following him around and if, and calling him names, I mean, what's the next step? They should give him the opportunity to quit. Yeah, well, they're not going to do that. They should. Because uh, I really don't care. Other other than that, as far as I'm concerned, I just don't I just don't care that much. I mean, the only pro- the only problem here is that the guy has to stay. Yeah, that's true. Do you think that would would this be a problem if it was a private employer? Nope. He nope. can go wherever he wanted to go. Yep. Um. So really, the problem is that he can't leave. That they they have this is this indentured servitude contract that they put together that they wouldn't allow any private organization to come up with. Other than that, as far as I'm concerned, if there's a inhub- inhospitable working environment. What the hell is the the government going to do about it? They can't they can't keep drugs out of their own prisons. They can't deliver the mail on time. Mm-hmm. These people are not going to be capable of controlling their own soldiers um who are, you know, some kind of hyped up on Jesus. I'm yeah. going to beat up that that right. crazy atheist. What kind of Christianity is that anyway? I mean, Mark, you went to a Christian school. I also spent a number of years in the Presbyterian church. What kind of Christianity is it where you harass and make fun of people that believe different from you. 
Is that what Jesus would do? No, it's absolutely would, not. Would he uh, poke fun and uh, follow around and stalk and and uh, threaten people that didn't agree with his no, viewpoint? No, but, but, but people... You know, like to have, like to you know, label other people, and they like to have divisions, and like to feel they, superior. They like to ex- exclude people from their, uh, you know, peer groups, and mm-hmm. and they like to pick on the people that are weak. I mean, that's yeah. that's certainly not uncommon. And he certainly for any... somebody who who's uh, would would join a career where violence is uh, part of the job description. Right, and no one's running to the aid of the atheist here to stand up for him and say, hey, you shouldn't do that. He's fighting this battle all pretty much alone. Poor guy. Anyway, just figured I'd share that story with you. Yet another reason not to join the military. Anyway, it's been Ian here with you. And Mark. We'll join you again tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The cynic says, I started losing my hair and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The believer says, I started using Abacore two months ago and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA-approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Avacor and receive Boost just for trying Avacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com.